Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. We're shaking Daniel. What is shaking? It's end of summer, cruising into well, school started in most places by now. By the time people listen to this, it's probably everywhere. Everywhere. Because some places don't start till after Labor Day, which is the way you should do it. I agree. Somebody asked me, would you rather start late or end early? I was like, both. <laughs> yeah, let's cut that. <laughs> cut it down. Cut it down. I don't know. Our schools end pretty early in May. Kind of, sort of. Well before Memorial Day, I feel like. Sometimes right up to it. I don't know. But it does seem like they stop fairly early and yeah. start very early here. I grew up in Chicago area, and I believe we always started after Labor Day. Always. Upstate we went New into York. June. But yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm guessing it had to do with maybe air conditioning in the northern parts of the country and stuff like that. Because the schools weren't probably well equipped to for the I August heat. I don't know. Or they just Labor did things Day, the right way. I mean, always, I, I would think August was like the peak of summer. In where yeah. I was growing up, and now it's like August means back to school. Mm-hmm. And there was people I saw on the social feeds that had kids in school the week before it started here. I mean, like very beginning of August, mm. crazy, absolutely crazy. Okay, fun stuff. I don't know. We're getting old to just rant about anything. We can rant about it. I can rant about a lot. I'm a ranter. Ranter. I'm old and I'm not happy. Yeah, you're rantalicious. Rantalicious. This episode and all episodes brought to you by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E. Visit us on the web, jewelfinancial.com. Maybe you're in the uh, you know, weird uh, you know, stock option world, and you're like, what? How do I do with these ISOs and non-qualifieds, and what do I do here? Or maybe, and this is a, I know we have a broad audience, you're rolling right into retirement. And you're like, gosh, I just can't find a good advisor in my neck of the woods. Well, maybe you need to look elsewhere because we work with folks all over the United States. You can visit us on the web, learn more about our firm. Also, keep those questions coming. Send it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Those audio questions, just shoot it in your phone. I think there's a voice memo in most uh, iPhones, and you can send that via email. And if we air it on the show... We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. And I'm going to continue to tease this. We have an unbelievable interview coming up with Lauren Jacobs, the cheerful baker. Look for that uh, coming up uh, in and around the next uh, few weeks, and it'll be great. And we're going to do more of those. We've really sought out some people who are living a DIY money lifestyle, building DIY money type businesses. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Anything else? Did I miss anything, Daniel? Podcast? questions social diy money podcast hit us up on the social platforms there you go anything else i think that covers the book diy money the book on amazon some of you just need to read the book quite honestly that's it follow chapter one through five and then we'll follow all chapters one through five kind of weird if they just stopped at five yeah we're like done done all the reviews would be like chapters one through five are great great hey i was looking at the reviews the other day i've never looked at the reviews there's some good reviews for the book well, there you I go. That was like sweet. Confirmation. There you go. All right. Let's uh, get to a question from Matt. What do you got? D-I-Y. 
Hello DIY money team. My name is Matt. I'm 46 years old and have a 403B. I believe in index funds and diversification. However, in my 403B, the only option for international is an active managed class A share fund that has a front load fee of 5.75% and also has an expense ratio of 80 basis points. In your opinion, is it worth it to use that fund for diversification or should I just concentrate on my U.S. funds that are lower cost? Okay, um, this is tough. (laughs) We actually were just having this conversation. We probably have this conversation actually annually in the office because it's surrounding the uh, benefits or lack thereof sometimes of diversification and the expenses sometimes that you have to pay for that diversification and often the performance that you may or may not get with that diversification. So I'm going to wait a minute and I'm going to let Daniel tackle some of the the nuances of your question because some of them are pretty simple as far as the active managed, you know, class A, etc. And then I'll add some additional color and Hopefully you find some value. What say you, Daniel? Oh, so just bunt it to me. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah, so these are pretty high fees uh, as far as typical investment fees that we would look at. And I would say Warren's talking with your benefits department about why this fund lineup was chosen. Uh, the benefits department or the advisor, if there's an advisor over the 403B or something, uh, has a fiduciary duty to offer you good investments uh, in your retirement funds. Uh, and part of that analysis should be fees. Um, so it's it's worth broaching the topic as far as why they sought out this particular fund or this fund lineup or things like that, if you're finding things that don't fit. Now, keep in mind that a lot of times there will be in uh, some of these different retirement um, accounts, uh, employer retirement accounts, there might be some random, you know, one-off, uh, individual funds that you can diversify into things like international, domestic, alternative assets, things like that. But then the lower cost target date funds that you could go into or something of, of that nature. So do your research, obviously look through the fund lineup and see if there is a, you know, automatically diversified option, um, that you could go into that would be lower cost and things like that. But if the entire fund lineup, uh, doesn't allow you to properly diversify your assets and do so at low cost, check in with the benefits department. Now, as far as diversification goes, uh, I mean, standard sort of investment portfolio theory says that adding in, you know, some other asset classes like an international uh, or an emerging or some bonds or things like that uh, helps to reduce the volatility and stabilize the returns, I guess you could say, or sort of smooth out the returns, decreasing the volatility and, um, sometimes even increasing the long-term returns. So that's typically why we would do it. Uh, If this was me and I was looking at my 401k, 403b lineup, and in order to get that diversification of the international sector, I had to pay these particular fees, I would personally probably think twice about doing that because it seems, especially if the S&P 500 fee was low or next to nothing, this seems like a very expensive way to go about that diversification, assuming you have other areas in your overall household portfolio, like a Roth, an IRA, taxable account, something like that, or eventually you're going to roll this out because you won't be at this employer forever. Uh, So I would probably be comfortable 
from a personal standpoint, seeking potentially other options. I was. Did I cover everything or no? Well, yes. What but, did I miss? You're giving me a look. No, I'm not giving you a look. But I I went to you first because I I wanted to know what what area you would go. What area I'd go so that I could then go. You could rebuttal. Not rebut. I see how it is. <laughs> Can you let me finish <laughs> no. for a minute? This is. I clearly will never go to you first again. Uh, I wanted to know which way you went because I didn't want to cover something that you were going to cover and then not do it good enough and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I want to take a step back, first of all, and and tell you that, Matt, you now, you, you didn't know this, but you now have a new job. And your new job is to be an advocate for your employees at this either educational society or nonprofit. The reason I know that is that's a 403B. That's what a retirement plan is for uh, a nonprofit entity, also could be a school or school system. And the advocacy comes on the fact that I, as an advisor, have never seen a front-end loaded fee inside of a retirement plan. For those of you unaware what that is, because it's as archaic as anything I've ever seen in the investment world, a front-end loaded fund means you pay 5.75% the minute you go into the fund. You put in ten grand, $575 is gone day one. Gone. Poof. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then on the remaining $9,425, you're paying 0.8% which is across the investment spectrum a very high internal rate. You are also doing it for an asset class that has historically performed poorly compared to the domestic index environment such as the S&P 500. This could be a a, a lot more... uh... Uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? So I would ask, as Daniel so eloquently said, I would go to the benefits department and I would ask why. In addition, I would ask why do you have an active managed international fund with all of these things and you don't also allow a, a standard index of an international that would have no load fee and a much less internal fee for still having the opportunity to diversify. That's number one. That piggybacks off what Daniel says. Number two, diversification is important. And it's very difficult to look, especially over the last several years, at the domestic indices such as the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and conclude that why should we ever bother with the international emerging markets, materials, etc.? Why don't we just stick with that? And I will tell you firsthand, it's awful tempting to do so. However, if you look beyond the last five years, the last 10 years, and go back throughout history, the purpose of diversification is to have different asset classes that perform differently among different environments and therefore smooth out your return over time. And if you broaden your historical purview and look beyond the last decade, you will see that throughout history, 
often international emerging real estate, materials, etc., gold even, do exceptionally well and help to offset the volatility of the S&P 500. Now, more so now than ever, right here and now in 2023 when we're cutting this, it's easy, and I am one who is close to this, to throw in the towel and say, why bother? Why bother? Why not just own the S&P and forget about it? But I also know academically and historically that would probably be the worst time to do it. And if you think about things macroeconomically, as far as where we are going as a country and the rest of the world is going, you could actually make a pretty strong case that emerging markets and international markets are exceptionally of value here and may do extremely well. Fundamentally, they're extremely attractive. That said, it does not trump what Daniel said or what I said, that paying too much for that diversification is probably counterproductive. That's the answer, but I would also advocate, I think, Matt, you got to be the ambassador. You called up, you noticed, you're probably the only one in the system who even noticed that there was a 5.75% front-end fee and a 0.8% ongoing fee. So take the next step, go to the benefits department, ask the question, and make sure you dig a little deeper if they give you one of these brush-off answers like, well, that's just the way it is. You know, we look at it every year. No. Maybe you get involved in that a little bit. Maybe you help to represent some of the employees that are also facing this, and you advocate on their benefit. And then you share the DIY Money podcast with them. All of them. That would be the cool. The entire staff. Yes. What if there's five people in that nonprofit? That's five more listeners. There you go. Bada bing. And then they share it with five people, and then they share it with five people, and then they share it with five people. Hopefully that helped, Matt. Uh, for those of you out there as well, again, when you do a target date fund, there's international, there's emerging, there's other asset classes in there. So that's a positive uh, for diversification purposes. It has been what's weighed down a lot of performance over the last several years because diversification candidly has stunk. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, but it is important to have over time. It will continue, in our opinion, to be uh, very successful as far as smoothing out the volatility and helping you achieve your goals. Thanks so much for that question, Matt. Hopefully you found value in our answer. All he did was send us an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. And remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Hey, and diversify while you're at it for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.